So hello and welcome back. This is going to be the fourth chapter in my book, A Teacher's Journey, uh, What Breast Cancer Taught Me. And the goal of this podcast, which can be watched on YouTube or listened to as well, um, is to give hope and to give support to those women that are facing the journey of breast cancer particularly in this time of COVID, when you may not have access to survivor groups because of the social distancing guidelines and, and the programs may not be as prevalent as they are uh, during normal circumstances. So the, the goal of my podcast is to raise awareness of the need for research funding for the prevention of breast cancer. We are close to doing research, to having research approved that can prevent it, but we need a lot more research money. So I'm trying to raise awareness for this. I would ask you, please, if you have been following me, the best thing you can do is to like uh, all of my posts and subscribe to my channel, because that will get me visibility that I can then hopefully use to um, raise money for the cause of primary prevention research for breast cancer so that primary prevention means that the disease never has a chance to get started. If you have questions that are going through your mind that you can think of while you're watching my posts, if you could uh, just send me a comment, then I will try to put together a podcast on that topic. We have a lot of subjects covered on my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. And uh, I have a Facebook page as well. Uh, for the past 10 years, I have been a champion for the breast cancer vaccine that is being researched at the Cleveland Clinic. I am now serving as a consumer advocate on that trial, uh, which is, hasn't begun yet. We are still in the midst of getting approval. But we did receive a DOD grant uh, two years ago and have been in the process of getting it. Uh, to getting the approval to begin the trial. All of that's on my website. You can read all about it. So just sit back and relax. My goal is to provide you with a little bit of relaxation time during the day. Um, maybe just feel like you're talking to someone who's been on your journey, although everyone's journey is totally unique, and no one should tell you what to do with your experience because you know in your heart what the right thing is for you. So where I left you last was I had just received the phone call that my mammogram uh, did not look normal. And could I please come in for uh, further uh, testing? So that's where we are right now. So as I've said before, at the beginning of every chapter, I try to start with a quote that sort of inspires me and sort of tells where I'm going with that chapter. A lot of the quotes um, perhaps are Bible quotes because in my year of treatment, I received so much outreach and love from my former students. And as I said before, I taught at a Catholic school and I used some of the prayers and quotes that they sent me, which lifted me up and I hope it'll lift you up. So today's quote comes from Exodus, it's chapter 12 excuse me, chapter 14, verse 12. And the Lord said, Do not be afraid. 
Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. He will bring you today. So do not be afraid. That's a tall order when you've been diagnosed with breast cancer. But just for the moment, take a deep breath and just sit back at a nice cushy pillow and a blanket maybe and just listen. So the phone rang. I began to shake as I answered the call. The voice on the other end was the radiology doctor at the hospital. He calmly and in an all too matter of fact manner said that there was an area in my right breast that needed an immediate biopsy. Biopsy? I thought, hold on pal. Didn't he know he needed to follow protocol? I'd been down this road before. Surely the next step was to merely get more films to get a better view. Maybe he was fresh out of bed school and had made a mistake. I immediately went into the state of denial, which is a really nice place to be sometimes. My thoughts became words, and I said, don't you really mean that I need to come in for more films? The poor man then became flustered and said that my gynecologist was out of town for the holidays, and he had been instructed to advise me to get a biopsy as soon as possible. Remember, this was right after Christmas. It was uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Since my doctor was not available, he would be happy to make arrangements for me to meet with the surgeon who had removed a lump from my leg and my breast a few years earlier. He emphasized that the procedure should be scheduled promptly. Time was of the essence. My heart was racing, and I stood there in shock for what seemed like several minutes. I hung up and immediately called my husband, John. John is my rock of security and always maintains a sense of calm in any storm. Although often I can get irrational, he is always the voice of reason. It is one of the many things I admire and love about him. He asked if I wanted him to come, come home right away, but I said that I would be fine as he would be home shortly. We only live about five miles from school and I wanted to get home as soon as I could. Thank God we had finished our review. Remember, I was meeting with the teacher who was going to take back her class after the holidays. Because my ability to concentrate had ended with the phone call. As soon as I arrived home, I immediately called my sister-in-law, Betty, to get the phone number of her surgeon at Dana-Farber. Betty tried to reassure me that things would be fine and maybe even it was a false positive reading, but I could tell she was also concerned. Betty was under treatment under the care of Dr. Beth Ann Lesnikowski at the Dana-Farber, and I immediately called her office for an appointment. I was given an appointment for the next week on January 6th at 11.30 a.m. Although I'd been down this road years before with benign results, this time I had a sinking feeling that somehow this was different. My instinct that something was terribly wrong was so intense that I spent most of the week reading about and searching for all available breast cancer treatment options on the internet. I think I forgot to tell you that the, that the uh, heading of this chapter is deja vu. My obsessive compulsive personality kicked into high gear and there was no stopping me. By the time my appointment date arrived, I felt prepared enough to logically face any 
situation. However, emotionally, I was a complete wreck. I know you can relate to that. I don't have to explain that to you. I had mentally prepared myself for the worse and resolutely vowed that if diagnosed with breast cancer, I would absolutely choose mastectomy over lumpectomy. I had already sacrificed a portion of my left breast to a lumpectomy during my previous biopsy, and I just couldn't face the possibility of future issues. If I had cancer, I wanted to do everything possible to reduce the chance of recurrence. I knew that there were no guarantees, and that statistically, there was no difference in the survival rate of lumpectomy versus mastectomy. But in my own mind, I wanted all the insurance I could get. Another issue was the reconstruction options. I knew that if possible, I would want immediate reconstruction, and had learned that often a lumpectomy required chemotherapy and radiation, and that sometimes with a mastectomy, that was not, uh, not going to be a problem. If my cancer recurred later and a mastectomy had to be performed then, the fact that I'd received radiation might limit my future reconstruction options. So all this was going through my head, and I did a lot of looking on the Internet. And I will tell you, the Internet can be your friend, but the Internet can definitely be your enemy when you're really looking at what could be the worst case. I know you're probably thinking, like my husband was, slow down, girl. Don't get ahead of yourself. He was aware of my habit of diving into things full throttle whenever I had a problem and was used to his role as the voice of reason. I can't explain how I felt. I can only say that a voice inside me convinced me that my feelings were real. So whether you call it women's intuition, many people and survivors I've talked to said that they felt the same thing. You can call it deja vu because I'd been there before with a benign biopsy. Um, but all I can tell you is that the voice inside me said I needed to prepare myself for the worse, but I could never have known at that point how much worse, worst could really get. Now Christmas seemed like light years away. My son Jonathan had already gone back to Florida and law school. We had decided not to tell the boys anything about the mammogram report until we had more information. James returned from New York on New Year's Day, and I tried to enjoy the remaining few days with him before he returned to California without seeming worried. Inside, I was terrified. The weekend before my appointment at Dana-Farber, I also visited with my dear friend, Sister Anne-Marie Walsh, FCJ, which stands for Faithful Companions of Jesus. Sister had been my principal for five of the six years I taught at St. Philomena School. She had also been the principal for all the years that my sons were students at the school. She knew breast cancer all too well, as she had lost her fellow FCJ, an actual blood sister, to breast cancer. Being a good friend, she tried to reassure me that I would indeed be fine. Knowing that the sisters were praying for me was very comforting and I was trying hard, however unsuccessful that might be, to put it out of my mind. 
I tried positive meditation, listening to music, and envisioning myself getting on that airplane and going to Florida for the winter, hoping that as long as I kept envisioning it, it was actually going to happen. When I left, I jokingly said to sister, I'm tired of these old things anyway. If I have breast cancer, I'm going to get myself a set of Dolly Partons. Sister laughed and said that at least the stress hadn't affected my sense of humor. Since she was returning to Canada the next day, she promised to call and check on me after my appointment. We hugged, and I got a bit emotional. And as for the Dolly Partons, be careful what you wish for. So I'm going to leave you there. Uh, that's the end of that chapter, pretty little short chapter. But um, as you can see, I had a little bit of advantage uh, than most people in that although I was diagnosed at my local hospital with my local gynecologist, I had immediate uh, access and information of where to go to a breast specialist. Um, I spoke in another one of my blogs about the importance of getting a second opinion. You're going to see in the future chapters of my book how important that second opinion was that I went to Dana-Farber to get. And you'll also see, or it's not, I'm just going to say that don't be afraid to get a second opinion, and you can listen to my blog about it. Uh, doctors are not infallible. Nobody's infallible. It wouldn't hurt to have someone else look at your, your mammogram films or even when it comes to that point, the biopsy results, because what I've learned through going to conferences and was talking to other survivors is that by going to a special breast uh, center that only specializes in breast cancer, you know that that radiologist at that pathologist is only looking at breast cancer um, pathology all day long, and they know it so much better than others. So that's my input on that. And if you're going to worry about it, you need to get as many opinions as possible, and you need to get the best care possible, and don't shortchange yourself. So I'm going to leave you with these words uh, and say thank you for joining me. Again, if you could please like and subscribe to my channel, that would really help us raise the money we need for the prevention of breast cancer. Remember that Dr. Tui says prevention is the cure. If we don't have it, we don't have to cure it. So um, until next time, I will leave you hopefully in a peaceful place and say thank you for joining me. Good night.